Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. It is yet another gray morning here uh, by the window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Uh, but it is above freezing, which means the snow is melting. The, uh, the big news from the past week was that we had a big snowstorm, which started Friday, uh, night, and it lasted till like early afternoon Saturday, and it ended up dropping about, uh, I guess eight to 10 inches here. The, uh, snowfall uh totals throughout the city were like all over the place but but yeah about eight to ten inches here so it was a lot of snow um but it was on a weekend so it was nice uh so yeah that that day that friday um i was working from home obviously uh julie went into her co-working space so uh, I picked up Oliver and then came home and hung out. And uh, the doorbell rang. A package came at like 5. And I noticed that the prime parking spot right out front was was empty, which is rare. And I like to park as near as possible anyway, but especially during snowstorms so I can keep a, an eye on the car. And I wanted that Tuesday spot in front of the house because that meant because I knew that with the lunar year coming, um, parking would be suspended. It turns out that parking was suspended all this week anyway after the storm because there's still snow on the street. But I wanted that Tuesday spot on Friday as the snow was starting. So Julie said she was on her way home. I said, please check out the parking spot scene on your walk home. And she was like, there's multiple spots and that spot out front is there. And I was like, whoa, it's still there. So I speed walked three avenue lengths, three avenue blocks, all the way down to um, Sackett and Bond. The snow was starting to come down at this point. It was nighttime, like 6.30. Snow was starting to come down. Very few cars on the street, vehicles. Um, and I kept I kept worrying that the various vehicles I saw were going to take that spot, but they all seemed to be on their way out. Various Subaru Foresters and BMW X5s and those sort of things with toolies on top uh, were, I think, just headed out out of town, trying to beat the snow. So I speed walked down to, to my vehicle, got in the Tiguan. It was like a movie. Unlocked it as I approached. Lights blinked. I swept open the side view mirror, got in and just like peeled out. And there were no, I didn't peel out, but I, I was moving within seconds of getting in the car. And I went up Sackett Street, crossed Hoyt, crossed Smith, got got the red light at Court Street, but there was hardly any traffic coming down Court. And once I saw that light turn yellow for Court, I knew I had that spot because I could see it empty. Um, light turned green, I went and got that spot, and I felt like a million bucks. And I knew I was set for the week, which I have been. So that was the big big parking thing. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. Did I? I think I did. But the how-to with John Wilson episode on parking and HBO Max is very funny and hits very close to home for me. So it snowed all Friday night, went to bed, woke up, and there was all this snow on the ground, which was nice. Uh, The family upstairs, my family upstairs, 
went uh, upstate. So I was the only one around to shovel, which was fine with me because when it snows, I can't run, but I want to shovel so I could do some sort of exercise. So I shoveled our little front door area, the steps up to the sidewalk, and then the sidewalk itself. And it was very, very windy. It was like freezing out there. Uh, obviously it was freezing, but it was very windy and blustery. I convinced Oliver to get dressed and go outside. So we went to Carroll Park. Um, our friends Eric and Debbie and little four-year-old Margo came too. And Eric brought his sled, so we pulled Margo and Oliver around in the sled, and it was a lot of fun. So it was a nice Saturday snow day. So when it comes to snow days, usually like to have adventures of some sort. Um used to be go to a bar, but we're not going to bars right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, the war on drugs were in town. They had a previously sped scheduled show at the Garden, which is like kind of the big next step for them, playing arenas. And um, I had plans to go because a friend of mine, Stephen Hyden, was flying into town and was going to cover it, and I was his plus one. But then with the storm, he decided he couldn't make it into town. So Saturday, I was like, you know what? let's just buy tickets. And I was with my friend Eric and he was like, I'm in. So we bought tickets. I kind of thought it would be very under attended because you could tell from StubHub and SeatGeek. And also there was a snowstorm and also there's this COVID wave, which thankfully seems to be, um, we seem to be on the other side of, uh, but um, not to mention that this was an ambitious play as they say in the industry for them. But so we bought tickets, we went and I'm old, old like I used to know Adam back in the indie smaller indie days and also he's pals with the national and that whole crew and uh so I just wanted to go support them and they're this huge step for them and we got there and I would say Madison Square Garden was a little over half full which would seem like a disaster with many other acts but everyone there was just in such a good mood and, and the snowstorm added this kind of like hey we made it great let's have fun kind of energy to it all and yeah it was it was just fun i we bought some heavily discounted tickets on StubHub. we had a lot of elbow room in section 120 which is lower bowl corner on the other side of the floor from the stage and yeah when 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 you have a lot of like room at an arena it's it's just so much fun you, you don't have to worry about like making people get up if you want to go get another drink or go to the bathroom or walk around you just kind of hang up hang out and move around at will and it was a lot of fun and the whole show just seemed like a bonus we decided to go six hours earlier so great great show great um, and they're incredible in an arena like their whole sound is arena band to begin with um so i highly recommend seeing them on this tour if they come to where you are um, or in the future. So the war on drugs, then we took the F train home. Um, kind of like the subways seemed to be as active as usual for a Saturday night, which is great. Everyone in N95s. Uh, so good work, team. So that was the snowstorm. Um, and the snow is just finally starting to melt. Uh, and we have some rain coming, so that'll melt it all away. So that's, that was kind of like the big the big news was a snowstorm. I think the other huge news in my little world is that the Bengals are doing so well. 
uh, as a lifelong Bengals fan, I just kind of wanted them to win one playoff game and I'd be satisfied. And they won and I was satisfied. But then they won the next week too against Tennessee. And at this point I was like, well, now I'm really fine with it all. And I didn't expect them to beat Kansas City in the AFC Championship, but they did. So at this point, I, well, I obviously very much want them to win the Super Bowl, but I'm just still just happy with this all. Because the last two times they were in the Super Bowl, I was a kid. One was in the 81-82 season when I was uh, eight. And um, and that was the first year I went to a Bengals game. I went with my mom. She, I asked to go, and then they got tickets somehow. And I don't know why my mom took me and not my dad. There's got to be some reason for that. Um, but it was at the old riverfront stadium and we had seats in the red seats, which was like the top, huge top section of riverfront and they're very steep steps. So walking up those steps with my mom in very cold weather to see a game, uh, I don't remember too much, but I remember how steep the walk was. And I remember being in the concourse, like, you know, where you get concessions and stuff. We were making our way to our seats, but we were in the concourse when they did player introductions, and I heard the name Ken Anderson, and I just went bananas because he was the quarterback, and I loved Ken. I was like, I can't believe I'm here. So I saw a Bengals game. I did not see another Bengals game until 2011 um, on Christmas Eve when Julie and I went to see, which was not at Riverfront, obviously. It was at Paul Brown Stadium. But So that year, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Uh, I remember that all very, very clearly. Big deal. In, in the city and big deal when you're a kid and then the one when they went in the later 80s Super Bowl 23 I was living in Canada then near Buffalo and I think the Bengals beat the Bills on the way to the Super Bowl um, and I was already I might I liked the Bills too the Bengals are my top team and the Bills were too so at that point I was happy they won but it was a little bittersweet because I liked the Bills too and, and then um yeah did they play the Bills that year I think they did um so, and the Bengals lost again to the 49ers. They lost both Super Bowls to the 49ers. So I hope they don't lose a third time. We'll see. I saw that the city of Cincinnati has already closed public schools for the day after the Super Bowl, um, which is fun for everyone involved. Um, let's see. Social news also. Uh, Andy Krukoff came to the neighborhood. Uh, when not living upstate, he comes and spends a few nights on the Lower East Side at the uh, at his old place, and he w- goes to work. And so he came to the neighborhood. We went to Bar Great Harry on a very cold day uh, last week, and um, his friend um, Julie came, and and also Pete came, my friend Pete, you know, for a beer. So we sat outside at Bar Great Harry, and it was um, like 28 degrees, and I was wearing many layers, but. It was fun. And the only other social thing I'm going to mention, because it, ha- it technically happened during the last podcast period, but episode period, but um, our friends Pete and Kara on Union Street have a fire pit. I don't know what you call it, but one of those fire barrels in the backyard. And they turned it on one Sunday um, early evening couple of weeks ago and Oliver and I went over and he had a blast I think he'd never really experienced anything like that so we sat around the fire and Oliver drew pictures Pete went and got him paper (laughs) because Oliver requested something to draw on and with and Pete took care of him and uh 
We just had whiskey and the kids toasted roasted marshmallows and made s'mores. Not Oliver, of course, because he doesn't like to do things that he is not mentally prepared to do. Uh, but fun night. So that was great. Other than that, just general watching the COVID numbers, which seem to be going down and seem to be back to like almost like Thanksgiving and maybe before that, because if, if you all recall, it was like Thanksgiving was when it started to seem like here comes the Omicron wave. And it did. And I feel like now we're back at that pre Thanksgiving number. And I think like just positive percentage wise, I think we're back at that. So yeah, I was very cautious last fall and I'll continue to be cautious. But I think at this point, after all this, and now that I've been boosted, I'm ready to go back to Bar Great Harry indoors. I mean, I like outdoors too, but it is a cozy place and maybe we will eat indoors again because yeah we've only eaten indoors twice in two years and one was for uh julie's mom's birthday and one was when we were in saugerties and uh we had slices in an entirely empty pizzeria (laughs) so yeah very excited for all this um turning to work which i never turn to because i never talk about work because i don't know uh but I got a new job, which is interesting. Uh, still at the New York Post, but I will no longer be working for Decider, which is where I've worked since 2014. Um, I was asked to join the product digital group over at the Post, which is the team that I kind of work with all the time anyway when working with on that stuff outside of Team Decider. So they had a opening and they asked me to come over and I took it. So I'm very excited to be doing a lot of fun, exciting stuff with the post website and with their app and with all sorts of things. And I think I'm going to be learning a lot of new skills and a lot of new all sorts of things. And it's very exciting. And uh, I'm sad to leave Decider, but, you know, seven and a half years is a nice run. Uh, I'm very grateful to Mark for hiring me all that all those years ago. And for um, being a great boss this entire time. So he's it's like he's still there leading it as he should be. And I was still there, too, until a couple of weeks ago. So my first official day is this coming Monday, the 7th. But I'm going to be sort of helping out with it'll be a gentle transition, um, which is a nice plus to not leaving the company, because then I can still help out and still be around to make sure everything um, everything goes smoothly. And still help out going forward anyway, just not in a full-time capacity, full-time dedicated to that particular team capacity. But I'm excited. I kind of thought of it as like, um, oh, just moving over to a different thing, doing something new. And then when I got an official email from HR, they they said, hello, Conrad, congratulations on your promotion. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's a promotion. This is great. Um, So it felt good. So that's the big news. I got promoted. Um, So that's fun. And let's see, I will say I, I, I was bummed, you know, it's one of the many reasons I'm bummed that my dad is not around, but he was such a conservative, um, like an old, old fashioned conservative 20th century, you know, work type mindset, which is outdated in many ways, in most ways. But for him, he, he was all about sticking with the company uh, for a long time. And I think he would have appreciated that I just... I moved and got a different job within the same company because for him, that's just like, yeah, stay with the same company, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm sad. Uh, 
he's not around to hear the news, but that's okay. I actually haven't told my mom yet because I don't know why. I haven't. Maybe I'll tell her in two weeks when we go to Cincinnati. Um, sometimes it's hard to tell her things over the phone because <laughs> she's like, what, what did you say? You know? And then like, it's on FaceTime and then she's holding the FaceTime phone up to her ear. And all I see is like hair in her ear. And I'm like, I'll just tell you later. So I haven't told her yet, but I will. Um, so yeah, actually that's a nice segue. We are going on vacation, so to speak. We're flying to Cincinnati, um, for the president's day week, which is a week off school. And since work is remote, Um, I mean, in the old days, I could have asked to work remote when I went to Cincinnati anyway, and I did, and I was always allowed to. Thank you, Mark, Um, even pre-COVID. But anyway, uh, going to Cincinnati, I'm going to work some half days and Mondays off because it's a holiday because it's President's Day. So we'll be there for uh, five or six days. Like we arrive Saturday evening and we're departing Friday evening. Um, So looking forward to that. And this will be the first time we've flown since the pandemic. I, I flew to Cincinnati when my dad died. That was two, a year and a half ago, but Julie and Oliver have not flown. And um, this is also the first time we've flown since we've had a vehicle. So we're going to actually drive to LaGuardia and find some a long-term parking lot around there, uh, which is cool that we can kind of drive ourselves and then drive ourselves home. And then I don't have to find someone to move the car. Uh, so this is all very new travel logistics, which is very exciting to me. And looking at my notes, I think that's basically it. That's been the week. Uh, we can move on to music here. Music, uh, I've listened to some albums and here we go. I think the first one that's kind of, I listened to maybe the night of the last episode, but hell on church street by the punch brothers, which is bluegrass trio, uh, led by Chris Teeley mandolin player also hosts uh that um what's the name of the prairie home companion replacement show this old home or um home on the range anyway he he hosts that but he's obviously been a longtime musician famous musician actually lives around here like somewhere in this neighborhood because i see him at east one coffee shop on on court and carol but Hell on Church Street is an album-length cover of an album that came out in, I think, the 80s called Church Street Blues by Steve, uh, oh, sorry, Tony Rice, the bluegrass player who um, at some point played with Jerry Garcia and David Grisman on the Pizza Tapes album. But Church Street Blues is a revered bluegrass album that kind of covers some non-bluegrass songs, and so the Punch Brothers covered that album, um, and they called it Hell on Church Street, and it's excellent. I listened to the Cat Power album covers, which is yet another covers album by her. Uh, mostly enjoyable. I really liked her version of A Pair of Brown Eyes by the Pogues. I know my friend Jim did not like it, but I think it's pretty good. Um, people were talking about her cover of Against the Wind by Bob Seger. And I'm very into very daring covers, but it's kind of unrecognizable. And at this point, it's like, all right, you're just kind of adopting the poem <laughs> Against the Wind. Uh, but anyway, pretty good album. And I know cat power fans seem to like it a lot. There is a new Jethro Tull album, which I didn't know until I opened up Quo Buzz app last Friday and it, it was there in the new releases. I was like, what? And I started listening to it and it's fantastic. I mean, if it's Jethro Tull and it's very good, it doesn't sound like they don't sound old or weary. It's, it's not like a, Oh, 
these guys making a new album in 2022, like these old timers. It's like, it's fantastic. It's a great album. And I'm not going to listen to it a ton more times, but I listened to it three times that day. Cause I was like, this is great. The first song is called Mrs. Tibbetts. And it's such a Jethro Tall Ian Anderson song title. Just like you almost see him holding his flute and like looking evilly out of his side eyes, you know? Um, so yeah, it's called the zealot gene, like the zealot, the zealot gene by Jethro Tull. Um, definitely my favorite album that came out in the last two weeks is the self-titled album by Aeneas Mitchell, the longtime Brooklyn songwriter, singer songwriter who now lives in Vermont. But, um, she is friends and musical companions with like my entire crew. Like the album was produced by Josh Kaufman. It was recorded at Dreamland, which is where we did most of uh, Day of the Dead in West Hurley, just outside Woodstock. Uh, Our friend Bella Blasco engineered it. Um, And she's done a lot of, I mean, she's in the, in the nationals uh, recording and touring group. I mean, um, like crew. And she also actually helped engineer Day of the Dead. Um, And, just a lot of great people on this album is the most beautiful album i've heard in ages i love it so much Aeneas mitchell self-titled um oh and she's also the writer and creator of the tony award-winning musical hades town so um she's pretty good uh the last time i saw i think the only time i've ever seen her live was when she played as part of like a three-ring bender crew um with the people that i am in i get wild with and the three-ring bender scene at Three's Brewing. So it was like this. I saw Aeneas at Three's Brewing like three or four years ago. And it was with Ray and Annie. And I um, can't remember who else. But anyway, that album is my highest recommendation this week. I listened to the new John Mellencamp album, Strictly a One-Eyed Jack, which I would have listened to anyway. But there was, there's was there been some good promotion on this album. And there was a Amanda Petrusich article on him in The New Yorker that is excellent. And I highly recommend the article because uh, it talks about how he just gives no Fs anymore. And um, he's kind of like rebelling against again against everything. And, and the article makes a point about how in rock and roll, you don't need to be a teen to rebel. You can do it in your old age too. So Strictly a One-Eyed Jack by John Mellencamp. Um, I really enjoyed it. He's kind of got this Dylan overly gravelly voice in his older age, um, which think comes from smoking cigarettes all the time um but also i i think he's like leaning into it because dylan does it but either way it's great and last but not least bloor street by Kiefer sutherland the actor um i had my eye on this because my friend brendan gill martin uh is the publicist for Kiefer sutherland the musician and uh like i mean when he's doing music and not acting and it's great it's i mean it's like not groundbreaking it's just like really good americana um so he's he's clearly got i didn't look at the liner notes but he's clearly got some like great players and songwriting's catchy and it's good and they um obviously bloor street it's named after bloor street in toronto and those of us from canada are, are very well aware that Kiefer's from ontario and um in my high school scene it was well known that Kiefer went to one of our rival schools, St. Andrews, and was kicked out. So I used to always look for him um, on the team photos in their like athletic center whenever we played games at St. Andrews at SAC because I wanted to look for Kiefer. Um, never saw him. 
I think he was only there a year. Um, yeah, that was it. That's it for music and books. Uh, I don't want to talk about books. I've been in a reading slump. Um, been reading more magazines and trying to finish that Mark Rebo memoir, which is excellent. It's just that sometimes I don't feel like reading it. And I'm still plowing through Children of Dune, which I'm enjoying, but I also want to take slowly because the the word is that the Dune books get progressively worse, and I just want to <laughs> enjoy it while they're, while they're still pretty good. So I guess that's it. I don't know what else there is to say. That's February 3rd. Anything coming up this weekend? Nope, not really. Um, uh, we announced some, or we didn't announce it. We booked some new I Get Wild shows later in the spring. That's exciting. We're going to play, oh, our little crew is going to play Three's Brewing Mardi Gras. So if you're around Brooklyn, uh, we're not doing Gree Gree, the Dr. John album this year because Josh and Annie aren't available because Josh is on tour with Bonnie Light Horseman and Annie is home because Josh is on tour. So we are going to do some sort of New Orleans thing with Ray, Steph, Mike, Jeremy, David Nagler, David Marshall, and some others. So we'll see. Should be good, Mardi Gras. I think it's March 1st this year. Uh, yeah. But more to come. I think there'll be another episode um, before that, and I'll mention it then. All right. This has been a long one. All right. Um, yeah. Episode 79, Conrad Life Report. Uh, hope everyone's doing well. Talk next time. <laughs>